This podcast is brought to you by the Village of Bedford Park, your home for business. Over 450 businesses strong and growing with a safe, reliable Lake Michigan water supply. Visit VOBPBiz.com and bring your business home to the Village of Bedford Park. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Now, the WBBM Noon Business Hour. It's 12.03 on Wednesday afternoon. April 5th. Good afternoon. Thanks for joining us in the Noon Business Hour. I'm Rob Hart. The ADP report on employment in the private sector is out ahead of Friday's government jobs report for March. We'll take a look at that in our next segment. But right now, Chicago is getting a new mayor following Cook County Board Commissioner Brandon Johnson's narrow win over former school CEO Paul Vallis. Joining us with, joining us with his perspective on the outcome is Greg Hines, columnist, Crane Chicago Business. Greg, thank you for joining us today. Uh, lots of commentary in the last 12 hours or so, uh, some ranging from the rather lofty, uh, calling this generational change, to others saying this was simply the result of hard work and organizing by the labor community, especially the Chicago Teachers Union. Uh, Where do you fall on that spectrum of reaction? Um, Probably all of the above, Rob, Um, in no particular order, because I haven't had a chance to wait it. Uh, one, there is no question that uh, that Johnson had a had a field game, uh, he, a precinct operation uh, in Chicago. Parlance a machine that Paul Vallis didn't have. I mean, in politics, it's just nothing like, particularly in a, in a relatively light turnout election. Uh, only about a third of the Chicagoans voted yesterday. Uh, in a light turnout election, he or she who has the machine generally wins. I mean, that's just axiomatic. Uh, so that's that's part one because it can pull out your people. Um, two. Um, Going into this, both of these candidates had had big flaws. Uh, Ballas's problem was uh, was among white liberals on the on the north side, like in particular. Uh, uh, Johnson was among blacks because there was a perception that uh, that Puff boss be able to pull off a, a significant share of the uh, <clears throat> of the of the black vote than the, than uh, um, than Johnson. Uh, it didn't turn out that way. Um, Johnson did better at handling his problem. It looks like he got. Uh, at least 80% of the black vote, maybe a little bit more. Uh, whereas Vallis had pretty much lost everything on the lakefront, lost everything north of uh, Lincoln Park, including the 44th Ward. Um, uh, uh, one other factor that I'll mention um, is message. Um, uh, what worked for Vallis in the first round was this negative Chicago has a crime problem. I could solve the crime problem. Uh, but he never pivoted off of that, whereas Johnson had a, a kind of more <clears throat> more powerful, I think, uh, particularly for younger people, message that uh, we can do better uh, than just returning to the past day and the way we used to do business doesn't solve the problems that we've had. Um, I think you add all that up together and uh, you get the results we got. 
And then uh, let's talk about endorsements very quickly. Uh, Senator Dick Durbin did endorse Paul Vallis in the runoff. And then some big national names came to town to endorse Brandon Johnson, Elizabeth Warren, Bernie Sanders. But uh, let's talk about the impact of the endorsement of uh, South Carolina Congressman James Clyburn, who uh, one could say uh, resurrected Joe Biden's 2020 campaign and did his word carry a lot of weight in Chicago. Uh, and an answer, no, all that stuff helped a little bit on, on the on the edges, I think. Uh, but uh, but what was more powerful, I think, was was the message that uh, that uh, uh, these old guys want to return to the past. We need something new. Change is always a very powerful message in politics. Greg Hines, columnist, Crane Chicago Business. Thank you for your perspective on the runoff mayor election results. Uh, Brandon Johnson, the mayor-elect of the city of Chicago. Coming up, a report on private sector jobs is out ahead of the government employment report for March, which is due Friday. Cash, credit, debit, and totally free. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. The government jobs report for March will be released on Friday. A look at employment in the private sector is out today. We're joined by Greg McBride, Chief Financial Analyst at Bankrate.com in Palm Beach Gardens, Florida. Greg, thank you for joining us today. The ADP private payroll report says uh, private payrolls rose by 145,000 in March. That is well below expectations. But, Greg, as you and I both know, the ADP report doesn't necessarily track the Department of Labor report that comes out two days later. Yeah, sometimes Rob it zigs when the other zags. But I think, you know, after the Jolts report yesterday that showed that the number of open jobs was down pretty sharply, pretty notably down to 9.9 million, that the ADP report coming in shy of payroll, might that possibly foreshadow uh, similar cooling in the monthly jobs report that comes uh, at the end of the week? And so I think, you know, you referenced the market movement today. And, you know, I think a lot of what you're seeing in the market is in tune with uh, the the theme of of this economic data that's out today showing uh, a weak showing greater level of weakness than we've seen in recent months. Some sectors are shrinking while others continue to grow. Yeah, I mean the the, the ISM non manufacturing sector came out today. It was still an expansionary territory, uh, but it was down pretty sharply from last month, well below expectations. And the thing that really jumped out at me, Rob, was that the new orders component was down very sharply. Uh, on the plus side, uh, even though all those components within it were down, so too was the price index. That kind of eased off, which I think you know kind of speaks to some of those inflation pressures we've experienced of late. If you're a Fed policymaker, uh, what do you make of uh, this latest round of employment numbers? I mean, that's the one thing that's been holding the economy up. And uh, is is this a sign that uh, you might actually see the cooling in the economy that the uh, interest rate hikes were supposed to do? Yeah, I would say that particularly that Jolts report yesterday, because that's a number that Fed Chair Powell and others in the Fed have pointed to, uh, the gap between number of open jobs and number of unemployed people. Seeing that gap come down as it did, I think is what they would like to see. But one in a row is not a streak. I mean, we've, you know, we've got a long way to go to get inflation down to 2%. You're going to see more than just one or two months worth of numbers for them to really take comfort that uh, the cumulative effective rate hikes are having the effect that they'd intended. And then uh, just this goes to show you once again the uh, tightrope that uh, Fed policymakers are walking because they do want to see cooling in the economy. They do want to see signs that the uh, labor market is going from white hot to merely red hot. And uh, But what happens, You know, it, there, there seems to be a considerable risk going between cooling and then actually losing jobs. 
Yeah, and that risk has certainly grown. And you know, the track record is not on the Fed side. And you know, we tend to, when they raise rates, we tend to get a hard landing, not a soft landing. It's been a long time since they've really successfully pulled off that that soft landing. So, you know, I think that speaks to a lot of the skepticism, and you certainly see that reflected in markets. This widely uh, widely held belief that the Fed is going to begin cutting interest rates sooner than they say they will, uh, I think, speaks to that. Uh, belief that there is more likely to be a hard landing rather than a soft landing. I mean, there's been a lot of discussion about the uh, inflation-fighting strategy in the early 80s, but uh, there is a strategy that didn't work in the late 80s, and that was when Alan Greenspan cut interest rates in response to the stock market crash of 1987, and then inflation took off once again. So clearly, if you're a Fed policymaker, they'd rather be too late than too early. Yeah, I think that's the, the they've said as much that you know if they go too far they can always ratchet back. If they don't go far enough, it's difficult to get the toothpaste back in the tube. And you know that mistake you cited with regard to inflation, very similar to what happened in the seventies. Uh, the Fed eased off too soon. They they let inflation get uh, you know out of control again. And then when they really had to to take severe action with the, the chair Volcker in the early eighties, pushing interest rates up to twenty percent. So I think you know those two kind of case studies of the path that they don't want to go down. Greg McBride, Chief Financial Analyst with Bankrate.com in Palm Beach Gardens, Florida. Thank you for joining us today. Coming up next, the maker of Ram pickup trucks is touting its range. Cashing in with conversation, the WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. The CEO of Stellantis, which makes Ram pickup trucks, says his latest electric version will surpass competitors in terms of range and capability. Let's get the latest from John McElroy, automotive industry analyst and host of Autoline.tv based in Detroit. John, thank you for joining us today. And the challenge with EV ownership is twofold. It's can you get range from a single charge that is similar to the range you get when you go to the gas station and then trying to find a charging station when the battery runs low. And it seems that with the uh, electric Ram truck, uh, not only do you have a range comparable with a a single tank of gas, but in the case of the truck, probably surpasses it. Could be. Yeah, exactly right. I mean, with the the big battery and the Ram electric truck that'll be out next year, uh, they're talking about 500 miles of range on a single charge. And uh, that's pretty good. And we're starting to see more and more electric cars coming out with longer and longer range. And, uh, Rob, it's a simple matter. All you have to do is put in a bigger battery. And now that adds a lot of cost, but as battery costs come down, it's going to be easier to do that. 500 miles would be uh, considerably longer than the 400 miles of range out of GM's electric trucks and 320 miles in a single charge in the Ford Lightning. But once again, this is a range that is similar to or exceeds the range you get uh, from an internal combustion engine on a single tank of gas. Now, the question is, do you get the same, the similar uh city versus highway driving, uh, the the discrepancy in miles per gallon and range uh, that you have, does that exist with an electric car versus an internal combustion engine car? Great question. And it's the opposite. So if you cruise on the highway with an internal combustion engine, you get better fuel economy than you get in stop and go on, on the city. An electric car is exactly the opposite. It uses more electricity on the highway And it does better in the city because when you're slowing down all the stop of stop and go, when you're slowing down, you actually put juice back into the battery. 
instead of the electric motor using electricity, it, it literally, I mean, the way to think of it, it, it runs backwards and it puts electricity back into the battery. So you actually do better in city driving with an electric car. And then have these companies, I'm sure they have, done market research that suggests that you have EV owners and then you have people who are considering purchasing an electric vehicle but aren't quite ready to pull the trigger just yet because they just don't know if they'll find a charging station when the battery runs low. Absolutely. They've done all the studies and, and you've nailed it there, Rob. That's exactly where a lot of people are today. They're going to wait and see. Uh, they're going to wait until they can see a bunch of electric cars all over the place and a bunch of uh, charging stations, and then they'll be ready to go. But they're not just quite ready yet. And then you mentioned uh, the, the the solution to the problem of range is just build a bigger battery. What? How does the weight of a bigger battery compare to a fully fueled uh, gas tank in an internal combustion engine car? And does that also, you know, the bigger, heavier battery, does that uh, impact uh, efficiency for the electric truck's engine? It does. The battery is heavier, you know, uh, depending, again, on the size of the battery, but a a typical weight for a battery is about 1,000 pounds, and uh, that is definitely heavier than a a full gas tank. So that's one of the disadvantages that electrics have in that regard. But, you know, you get rid of a a lot of other things in an electric car that can help offset that. Um, You know, so you don't have a big lump of an engine. You don't have a big lump of a transmission and the like. Now, don't get me wrong, electric cars are heavier than a similar-sized internal combustion car, but uh, they are just so much more efficient overall. Uh, The extra weight really doesn't hurt them that much. John McElroy, automotive industry analyst and host of Autoline.tv in Detroit. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. News Radio 105.9. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. Good afternoon. I'm Rob Hart. These are the top stories on News Radio WBBM. For the second consecutive day, a member of the Chicago Fire Department has died in the line of duty. In Personal Finance Wednesday, helping younger investors get an early start on retirement. Also on the financial front, how investing in a smarter home can provide savings in the long run. WBBM Business, the markets are mixed. The Dow is up 66 points. The NASDAQ is down 160 and the S&P 500 is down 17. We have 69 degrees right now in Chicago under cloudy skies with temperatures falling into the 50s later this afternoon. It's 1231, topping our news at the half hour. A Chicago firefighter has died while working a fire in a high-rise in the near north side. CFD Commissioner Annette Nance Holt says a mayday call was issued to help Lieutenant John Torek, who was headed to the 27th floor of a building at Inner Lakeshore Drive and Division. He was making his way up to the fire floor. They had to take the stairs because the elevators were out. And then he went down. 
Efforts at CPR proved to be unsuccessful. Torek had been with the department for around 25 years. Two other firefighters are recovering from injuries. 49-year-old firefighter Jermaine Pelt died yesterday during an extra alarm fire in the West Pullman neighborhood. It's 12.31 as the noon business hour continues. The markets are mixed today as uh, traders are weighing the signs of a weakening job market. We welcome in Vahan Jinjigi and Chief Investment Officer at Greenwich Wealth Management based in Greenwich. Connecticut. Vahan, thank you for joining us today. On the one hand, you do have some signs that the employment market is uh, starting to wobble a bit after uh, almost a year and a half of uh, historic strength. And at the same time, you have to have some concern about whether this is uh, the sign of worse things to come. Where do you fall? Yeah, you know, that's a good point. It's not just the employment market that's weakening. You know, we also saw the ISM services index today. That was uh, worse than expected. Um, So the economy is definitely slowing down. Um, The yield curve uh, has been inverted for some time, which is, you know, a precursor to uh, to recession. So I think it is uh, possible that we are having a recession. And uh, all of this uh, bad stuff is being orchestrated by the Federal Reserve that keeps threatening to raise interest rates, despite all the evidence that the economy is slowing, that inflation is coming down. And we even had a banking crisis because of those high interest rates. So, uh, you know, I'm a bit perplexed by what the Fed is trying to do here. Um, There's no reason for them to be raising rates anymore. Um, We have a situation where we began the month of March with the two-year Treasury yield at above 5%. Now it's fallen to 3.7%. The 10-year was above 4%. Now it's at 3.3%. So, Market interest rates are telling the Fed that it's time to stop raising rates, uh, yet the Fed keeps threatening to increase them. You talk about signs of uh, the economy slowing down or the economy weakening. What is weighing down on the market? Is it higher interest rates that is uh, constricting lending activity, or is it the consumer responding to inflation by picking and choosing where they want to spend their money? No, it's primarily the higher interest rates. The, the higher interest rates are having a big impact on on everything, uh, you know, particularly, as you mentioned, um, lending. We already know that the banks are in trouble. Uh, because of higher interest rates, uh, the banks have been losing depositors. I mean, why would you keep your money uh, at a bank that's paying, uh, you know, close to 0% interest when you can put it in money market funds or into uh, treasury securities and earn a, a much higher rate of return? So the banks are losing money. They don't have the capacity to make the loans that they that they had before. Some of them are in real uh, financial trouble because they had invested in longer term assets because the Fed had kept interest rates at zero percent for way too long. And they had to go out uh, to further maturities to get a decent uh, rate of return. Um, and now those are worth a lot less because the Fed then raised interest rates uh, much too rapidly. So it, it's the higher interest rates that are really causing this havoc in the economy right now. So my question for you is, what's next? I mean, we do see signs the economy is slowing down. Does it necessarily follow that uh, you're going to see some uh, rapid uh, easing when it comes to uh, inflation and uh, consumer spending? Well, you know, that's a good point. Um uh, one thing I would say is that if you look at the interest rate futures market, um, that's telling us that right now there's about a 77% probability that the Fed will have to reduce the Fed funds rate 
by at least 75 basis points by the end of this year. So the market is betting that the Fed's going to have to ease up. Um, and so what's next is that we are likely to go into a recession. Hopefully it, it will be mild. Uh, that may prompt the Fed to start reducing rates. As for the stock market, it doesn't necessarily mean that the market has to go lower. The market could actually do quite well. In fact, in March, um, stocks actually did uh, quite well despite despite a banking crisis. So, you know, that was uh, quite surprising that stocks have held up so well. So uh, I would I would remain uh, invested in the stock market, um, but I would be uh, prepared for a lot of volatility. Vahan Jinjigian, Chief Investment Officer at Greenwich Wealth Management in Greenwich, Connecticut. Money conversation that pays a big dividend. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. Members of the Gen Z and millennial generations may not be thinking a lot about retirement, but some sacrifice now can yield big dividends. Let's get some help from Ed Jertsen, Certified Financial Planner and founder of the Engage Wealth Group based in Chicago. The website, theengagewealthgroup.com. Ed, thank you for joining us today. It's more, it, it's obviously beneficial, Ed, to uh, invest in that 401k, especially if your company is providing matching funds. But there are so many more ways for a millennial or a member of Generation Z. We're basically talking about people born between 1981 and 2002 to uh, really generate wealth through the stock market. Rob, this is a great point because, yes, why we want all of your listeners to maximize the match and not leave free money on the table. There's a lot of confusion about, wait, I can also invest in like an IRA or a Roth IRA outside of my work? And the answer is absolutely. Now, there's income limitations and there's rules that you need to follow. But absolutely, there's always ways of saving more money. Because again, for your younger listeners, and even for your, you know, even for us, right? I would rather see people go through a little more financial pain by saving more, rather than through the pain of a high interest rate on a credit card balance. So it's, it'll never hurt you to save more money. And then, uh, you know, if you do the 401k, uh, the, the comfort that comes from that is you set it and forget it. Uh, you, you you make your contributions every two weeks in your paycheck. You take advantage some, from some of some matching funds from your employer, and it's pretty much self-driving. And then maybe you look at it once a year or so. But uh, what should you do if you want to start uh, doing your own investing, set up your own account uh, outside of your retirement account? Yeah, one of the best ways we guide our clients on is, and like what you said, set it and forget it. So setting things up automatically is a key way to keep that investing pot growing. So what we would guide individuals on is through your accounts, right, through your bank accounts, right? Your paycheck most likely is being automatically deposited. So on the day the check is being deposited or the day after, have an automatic distribution out of that savings account into one of these outside accounts. Again, set it automatically so it's part of the system. And it kind of goes back to the premise of pay yourself first. Don't pay your bills and then save. Save first and then pay your bills. And setting it up automatically, especially for the younger folks, is really easily done through apps. If you are a member of Generation Z or a millennial, this is probably the first time in your life that you're dealing with inflation, the idea that your money will be worth about 8% less or 6% less than it was a year ago. And this is where you really have to explain the power of compounding interest. 
Yeah, leaving money in a money market or a savings account earning 0.01%, you're losing money every day. So taking that money and investing that into stocks and equities to allow that for potential future growth is one great way of staying ahead of inflation. So yes, we want to have those emergency funds that are on site in case something happens and we want to make sure we're getting the most amount of interest. But to your point, Rob, over the long run, this is a great way to invest in stocks. And there's a lot of online platforms to allow people to do that. And again, that's what you're looking at. We're looking for long-term growth that beats inflation and, and there's no better way today than having that money invested in the stock market in a diversified portfolio. Ed Jertsen, certified financial planner and founder of the Engage Wealth Group in Chicago. The website is engagewealthgroup.com. Join us at this time tomorrow for Technology Thursday and still to come, making your home smarter and more financially efficient. An economy of words. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. Technology can not only make your home a lot easier to run, but can also save you money. Let's learn more from Jennifer Jolly, Tech Life columnist for USA Today and founder and editor-in-chief of Techish.com, based in San Francisco. Jennifer, thank you for joining us today. There are a lot of uh, uh, smart thermostats and other devices that you can install in your home that uh, seem very futuristic, but they also give you an opportunity to uh, save some money on your utility bills, whether it's gas, electricity, or your water bill. Yeah, that's exactly right. Not all smart devices are designed to help you save on electricity or lower your bills, but the ones that are do a really good job of addressing the most common sources of wasted energy. Uh, I've been covering this for quite some time, and one of the most dramatic money savers for my own household so far has been smart window blinds. Um, Energy-efficient windows, those are always an important part of your home, but you can stretch your dollars much further by making them smart. So up to half of your home's energy potentially leaves through your windows. So for us, we ended up going with the Hunter Douglas Smart Shades with PowerView Gen 3 Automation. It cut our energy bill by nearly 50% in the very first month. It helps with cold and it helps with heat. So that's one that, that really can earn you money back all year long. You know, it pays for itself and then you start making money back. It seems like the uh, the first step that a lot of people take when it comes to using technology to cut their utility bill is a smart thermostat. And does a smart thermostat uh, accomplish that mission? It, it really can cut your energy bill and make your house greener in the process. Um, they mainly because most of your average home's energy use does come from heating and cooling. So a nest unit, for example, can save between 10% and 12% on heating and as much as 15% on cooling just by scheduling it to only click on to be warmer when you're home, to go down when you're not home, to lower itself in the evenings. So that actually can have a really big impact on your overall spend. And there are a number of uh, apps and devices that can also help you save not only on your water bill, but uh, can prevent uh, costly water damage, especially in the wintertime. I mean, in Chicago, you know at least one person who experienced a burst pipe on an especially cold day. Yeah, and I'm from Alaska originally, so we used to have that, you know, happen in our schools. And, yeah, I totally get that. Um, water shutoff valves like Flow by Moen, these connect to your home's water supply and can detect flow rate, temperature, pressure throughout the entire home. 
it can detect an issue like that frozen or burst pipe, or let's say when your kids accidentally left the bathroom faucet running, it can notify you through an app. And that starts at around $500. But if you want a more affordable uh, gadget to help you out with your water bill, take a look at the D-Link Whole Home Smart Wi-Fi WaterLink Sensor Starter Kit, which starts at just $70. Jennifer Jolly, Tech Life columnist for USA Today and founder and editor-in-chief of Techish.com based in San Francisco. Thank you for joining us today. If you missed any part of the Noon Business Hour, we'll have the replay podcast available shortly at WBBMNewsRadio.com and the Odyssey app. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.